<laughs> good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. My name is Andrew Grosset. Welcome back to the Andrew Speaks podcast and a happy new year to each and every one of you. Happy new year to each and every one of you. How was your Christmas? Mine was absolutely spot on perfect. We split it in two. So on Christmas Day, we spent with my family, so all four children, my mum, my sister. And then on New Year's, on Boxing Day, sorry, we went over to go and see Karen's mum and her aunt and her cousin. And we spent, obviously, in the, in the, in the days in and around, we've managed to see a quite, quite a few people. Um, it was just really nice to take the opportunity to connect, um, especially considering the fact that we had Matthias's, um operation hanging over our heads so we didn't get as much we didn't travel around as much because we didn't want to run the risk of him getting a cold or getting in, getting collecting an, an, an infection or virus or whatever um before operation day and thankfully when the operation day came came across on new year's eve <laughs> no nonetheless everything went really smoothly and he's now home and he's fine and he's happy as larry so that was my yeah, it was my Christmas and Christmas New Year's build up and also New Year's Day. So not well actually I can say it was the way in which you want to start the year because we started the year on the good notes of knowing that we were leaving fears and worries behind. Obviously little boy the, our little one had this 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 situation that he'd gone through, these dilated kidneys had been diagnosed before he was actually born. So it was very it was nice, I suppose, for us the way in which it all worked out to be able to leave that behind in two thousand and eighteen um and step into two thousand and nineteen with a with a with a very healthy um young man, as I'll call him. Um yeah, with nothing but opportunity ahead of us when it comes to two thousand and nineteen. But anyway, this is nonetheless my sixth attempt, sixth attempt at recording this podcast. And that's mainly <laughs> due to technical difficulties. My first, first things first, my first method of recording it and editing it, I was locked out of. And this is now my third attempt on this new piece of software because I didn't realize that in the first edition that I downloaded, it put a watermark for it. So believe it or not. I'm saying these words for like third time today. <laughs> so here we are. Anyway, I thought it was quite fitting on the t at the approach or the start of a new year to approach this particular cast. So I've enabled the, I've called this this podcast the definition of a true decision. Um, mainly because with it being with us going past the 1st of January or being in that new year phase where that hashtag new year, new me is being filled with video testimonies from around the world of people making absolute decisions and declaring those decisions to the world of how they're going to change their life. I thought this was an absolute apt time to talk about a true decision against the idea of one. Statistically, all New Year's resolutions, all these declarations that are made on the 1st of January will have been forfeited or thrown under the bus, thrown out the window, whichever term you want to attach to it. They'll be dead and gone by the, by the 15th of January. So 15 days in, 15 days in, 85% of us that 
made these absolute declarations would have gone against them. And I suppose what I want to discuss, unpack, get into the nitty gritty of is why. Why is it that we can't stick to these decisions? Because that's what a resolution is. If you're resolute about something, it's supposed to be an absolute. There is no going back. There's no amending. There's no changing. So why is it that that absolute decision is so temporary? You know, Is it because the at the time of the decision was made, they didn't really believe that they could do it? Is it that we that when we make these, these decisions, we're making them on a whim, whim, and what we're talking about, these resolutions, aren't actually that important to us. Is it that we thought it was going to be easy, and therefore when we get faced with, when we get faced with a challenge, a question towards it, we throw it out the window. I mean, what is it? I guess, actually, when you take a look at it, it's one stroke, two stroke, all of the above. And the ultimate question, ultimate question really is, is the time of year enough to hold someone to a life-changing decision? Is the time of year enough to hold someone true to a change that they have decided to do long after the moment of that decision has passed? Now, taking a look at this whole term, a true decision, <coughs> excuse me, Taking a look at the term, a, ho a true decision. Um, I just want to explore that first of all before we go back to the stat. Now, in order to explore it, I just want to tell you this. I used to smoke. Now, it was a conscious decision of mine. It was a stupid decision and the reasoning behind it was, as an adult looking back, foolish. But it was a true decision nonetheless. It was, it was a decision that I had made, um, then I had planned for, and I had decided that I was going to follow this through to the hill, regardless of what the situation, life, or circumstance may throw at me. You know, <laughs> regardless of what it is, regardless of what my what close friends were going to say, regardless of what the media was going to say, regardless of what the health implications were, because there were some real, real health implications for me, particularly because I was, a, I'm a, well, I was and am still an, uh, an asthma sufferer I probably would have grown out of the whole asthma situation if it hadn't been for this period and actually this decision this decision in particular I would probably have grown out of the whole asthma phase and I'm probably still sucking on an inhaler um, because I made this this decision you know? but there you go it was a true decision Nonetheless, I decided that against all odds, irrespective of what life may throw at me, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to follow through because the reason, the reason behind it, meant that much to me. Now, the, at the time when, I, at the time when this decision was made, there were the vast majority of friends that I had all smoked, all of the vast majority of them, um, they all smoked, and I, I felt a bit like. I suppose I felt a bit like Rachel from Friends. There's a particular episode for those of you that aren't Friends fans, and if you hadn't noticed, I am, <laughs> I am an absolute. But there's an episode in Friends where Rachel she gets a new promotion, I think it is, or a new job, and her new boss and her co-worker are both smokers, and they go off to the smoking area, which is on the rooftop, um, and smoke every now and again. But what they do th 
when they smoke, if they discuss situations and decisions that Rachel feels that she should be part of and ultimately decide without her being there. Effectively, she doesn't get invited to the party. And that was very much how I felt. I felt that I was missing out on stuff because when we went out, other friends of mine would be smoking and I'll be away from them while they're smoking and therefore miss out on a whole social inclusive part, if that's a phrase that I can that I can use. And so I made the decision that I was going to start smoking because I desperately, desperately, for various different reasons, which I will explain in different, well, explain, unpack and and divulge in various different podcasts that we've got coming up in the, in the scheme of things. But I wanted to be part of something. I wanted to I wanted to make deep and meaningful connections, and that that was at the top of my priority back then. I wanted to feel connected to people, and and for there are a few fri- friends, but one in particular that I really I really wanted to. So I decided that with this whole smoking subject, I was going to do it because that's what I was going to get back from it. That's what it meant to me. And so I created this plan, you know, I created this plan and I knew that um, I couldn't, until I was good at smoking, and I know that sounds weird, but until I knew how to hold the cigarette in a certain way and I knew how to exhale the cigarette in a certain way, you know, you had some people that could blow real cool sort of smoke rings, O's. You know, until I could look cool smoking, I didn't want anyone to know that I was smoking. So there was a whole plan there was a whole plan on how I was going to smoke in secret until I was in the point where I was comfortable enough to smoke in public. And I executed that plan to a T. To a T. And it all built up to this point where I remember the day quite clearly because it was quite deliberate. Me and that particular friend were outside the town hall in Catford and I lit up in front of him for the first time. And I remember the first cigarette, he knocked out my hand. What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, no, I'm doing this second one. Lit that up. He knocked that out my hand again. I'm like, no, I'm doing this, the third one. He just let it go because he's like, right, you know what? It's your decision. It's your decision. And I guess when he was saying it's your decision and he was knocking it out of my hand, he was doing that because he knew he knew how much of a slippery slope it was, but I, whether it be new, being a newbie to it or being ignorant to it or just because what I thought I was going to gain from it meant that much to me, I was adamant I was going to do it regardless. I was going to do it regardless. Yeah. So that's what I mean by when I say a true decision. I decided that this was what I was going to do and it didn't matter that, you know, I couldn't afford it. It didn't matter that people didn't it disagreed with it. The difficulties along the way for me pursuing it, it didn't matter. Whatever happened, I was going to become a smoker. I had decided. I had decided that. Now, when we take a look at the, re- n- the reason why New Year's resolutions, and in fact, most decisions that people make, they don't stick to, it's because they aren't what I would call actually a true decision they aren't made up minds they're ideas for the moment but not for the long term when you make a true decision it isn't based on anything other than the desire that you have to do it a true decision sticks despite and often in spite of anything that may happen in the future when you make a decision that is when you make a decision it's usually emotion fueled 
you have a health scare, it's health scare, so you decide to quit smoking. Someone you know's partner cheats on you and you worry that might happen to you, so you start spending some more time at home. You see a car accident, and this happens to me a lot, you see a car accident, and so you promise yourself that you're going to drive slower now because you've got a visual. It's almost like when something happens externally, but it's quite close to a severe fear of yours, you get projected into the future and you can see that happening in your world and you can see the impact of that happening in your world and you desperately, desperately, desperately don't want it to happen. So it causes you to change your ways. The problem we have with most decisions is even in those circumstances, it's all good at the time. But what about the next time you're running late for a meeting? Can you resist the urge to speed? Or you promise that you'll be home early from work and your boss asks you to stay late. Do you say, no, I have to get home to my wife or husband is he or she is expecting me? Or you get stressed at work and the cigarette craving hits you and you know, you know there's a packet in your drawer. Do you have the strength to pick it up and throw that packet away? Or do, as I did many a time over, many a time over, spark up that one last time, I swear. (laughs) A true decision is one that is made and stuck to even when the chips are down and the temptation is high. You see, a decision, a true decision, can't be rationalized against because it's been decided and the conversation is closed most people aren't able able to close the dialogue box there's still things to be considered that could alter the way that things go when was the last time you actually made a decision that you were prepared to stick to no matter what and when i say no matter what i actually mean a decision that stands still when the debt collectors are knocking at your door when the voices in your head get so loud to revert to your old ways that it sounds like the world is literally in chorus pushing and urging you to do something when was the last time that regardless of the circumstance you decided this is the route that you were going to take and that was it because you see that in itself that decisive moment that against all odds decision is the foundation the true foundation of change a decision that no matter what may come your way good or bad you will not yield now this is where human evolution actually destroys human evolution because as we develop the wonderful wonderful opportunity of choice and introduce it everywhere and so a way out of everything people lose the ability to endure without the ability to endure you can't actually achieve anything because every decision good or bad is always challenged significantly before it becomes a way of life before you can get to the real center of it in order to get to the real good part real real good part of a relationship you have to have been with each other long enough to know how to calm a fight down and then evolve to the point where you know how to avoid one you know when you see those couples that have been together for like 25 30 35 40 years they don't fight anymore they don't fight anymore and it's not because their lives have become so 
succinct and so much the same. It's not because they've eventually evolved into one person and that means that's why they don't fight and they don't argue. It's the fact that they've been to each with together for so long and faced so many challenges and learned so much about each other that now they know how to just deactivate a fight before it happens. The warning, si- the warning signals go off so far in advance that the bomb never ch- gets a chance to go off. You know? Never chance to go off. In order to become great at a sport, let's say for example, you have to practice past the point of sucking at it. And let's face it, when you first start a sport, you suck. I remember the first time I attempted to, to play rounders, I think I stomped off the court because I couldn't hit the ball. When you first start something, you suck, no matter what it is, you know, even down to parenting, you know, even down to parenting. My fellow parents out there, you know as well as I do, the first time you hit that night where that child wouldn't stop crying, you know, you literally felt like tearing your hair out, pulling your eyes out of their sockets and throwing them somewhere because you're out of sheer desperation. My point is, in order for you to receive anything truly great in your life, you have to be able to enjoy the challenge and hold your course. In this day and age, that part is hard simply because there is always another option that deletes the temporary discomfort that you're enduring. But what the fact that most people don't understand or fail to realize is that without that temporary discomfort, you miss out on the learning curve for both of you. And that's also going to involve if to avoid the situation far worse occurring in the future. This is why the most efficient lessons are learned off the back of serious pain, because the individual has been given a real a real example of what possibly could be there forever and they know that's not what they want going back to my smoking decision i battled with quitting for years and the only thing that eventually got me off often the first time and i have to put in first time because it was a it was a reverting thing was the birth of my first son and the worry that he would inherit asthma and the very thought of hearing him wheeze because of a secondary spoke from me was enough for me to quit cold turkey enough for me to quit cold turkey in this day and age where a temporary lifestyle is what's promoted you have to realize that if you've decided to do something then the decision needs to live past the moment that the decision was made if it's decided then all future decisions are based on that decision and not a continuing point to reopen that decision that's already been made. Whatever it is that you dream of introducing into your life, a new car that you've saved for, starting your own business, quitting smoking, starting a relationship, ending a relationship, whatever, whatever it is, you need to be able to stick with that decision past the moment from when that decision was made. And you have to stick with it long enough the decision to stick there is nothing nothing in this world more powerful than a made-up mind and there are examples of it right the way through wikipedia you take a look at the likes of jim carrey steve jobs idris elba will smith oprah the list is literally endless of people 
that have decided that they're going to do something, decided that what their life is going to stand for, decided they're going to be something, and then followed through on it no matter what life threw at them, no matter what challenge came their way, no matter what the weather was saying, no matter what they were feeling at that temporary moment in time, that decision was made, which means they are going to follow through on it. Whatever it is that you want in this world, and, uh, and in, I mean this literally, whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to have, you can have it. You can, you can have it. Don't believe the hype when people say you can't have it all. You can. But you have to, have to, have to be willing to endure the discomfort that comes when you decide to go against the grain long enough long enough for the grain to flip in your direction and for you to hit smoother seas. Whenever you go to change direction, the sea is going to get choppy. It's going to get choppy. Whenever you decide to change course, it's going to get hard and there are going to be things that you're going to need to sacrifice. There are going to be things that you're going to need to change. There are going to be ways that you're going to need to amend before it gets better. It's going to feel like it's got a lot worse before it gets better. Going back to the quitting smoking, any of any any ex-smokers out there will tell you that when you decide that you're going to quit smoking, that's the easy part. Because the cravings don't really kick in till day two stroke day three. And then at that point in time, it literally feels like life is unloading every unfortunate circumstance. That's also a trigger point for you. But if you hold out, if you hold out to day five straight day six, those cravings start to subside. And it all starts to get better. Excuse me, I think I've got a slight cold. Right, that's me out for this week. That's me out for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I just want to take a big shout out to JT Clark because without those guys there, without the man himself, I couldn't be doing this podcast. I couldn't be bringing this content to you. I couldn't be living my true dream. So thank you guys so much for the support. And if anybody, any of you out there listening is looking for a, a house or a flat to rent or to buy in South East London, give them a shout and the guys down there will absolutely take care of you. In the meantime, that's me out. As I said, for this, for this cast, you stay strong, you stay focused, and I will see you all in the forwards. Take care.